You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, The Greatest Joy. Enjoy. Have you given everything you have to Jesus? Don't say yes, just think about it. Have you given everything you have? Every dream, every desire, every hope, every longing, every preference, every like? Have you given it completely to Christ? Are you walking with Christ through your daily life? It's the greatest joy. It's the greatest joy to let the Holy Spirit reveal His plan for your life. But I'm telling you, if you haven't given yourself completely to Him, you're not going to hear Him. He's trying to reveal his plan to you. But if you're all caught up in me, 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 and what this isn't going right, and so-and-so shouldn't have done that to me, you're going to miss it. How easy it is to become distracted and miss the glorious things God wants to do in our lives. We're not going to let that happen. We're Jesus people. We're Jesus people. We're following him. Our sights are zeroed in on Him. It's the greatest joy. Do you know that knowing Him intimately is the reason you're on earth? Boy, oh boy. I'm telling you, God is calling you this morning. Next level, deeper, higher, wider. Listen, you can't stay the same because you're not Jesus. He's the one that stays the same. He's perfect. We're changing. To have a relationship with the unchanging one means we change. The fallen nature wants to sit on the recliner for the rest of its life. Hey, I like recliners. But man, it's good for a time. But after a while, I start getting numb. You're like, okay, I gotta do something. God wants you to do something big. But it's easy if you if you're not passionately pursuing Him to kind of just get okay. I'll just go through you know the work week as normal. I've got my projects. I got the things I want to do, and I'll make my plans and. All of a sudden, three years go by, four years, five years go by, and you haven't changed. Here's the remedy. Let's put Philippians 3 up there, verse 8. Thank you, guys. You can play all day if you want. I don't mind a bit. Hallelujah. Let's put Philippians 3. Thank you, sweetie. You can sit down if you like. If you have something to say, go just grab a mic. Hallelujah. This is the greatest joy. If you're, if you're struggling in your relationship with Christ, this will fix it immediately. Immediately. Okay? This is the turbo button. Right here. So this is Paul, Holy Spirit through Paul, revealing to us the meaning of our existence. The meaning of our time on earth. Don't 
back off of this. Don't shift from this. Don't let the things that, that, are, that seemingly need to be done, the things that the world claps for, pull you away from this. This is why you're sitting here this morning. This is why there's air in your lungs and bread in your refrigerator. <laughs> How many people put bread in their refrigerator? Yes, furthermore, I <laughs> count everything. Now, come on, Paul. Everything? So let's think of everything. What's everything to you? Your socks, right? Your soap, your shampoo, your dog, your, your spouse, your children, your home, your career. Wouldn't that be included in everything? I count everything as loss compared to the possession of the priceless privilege, the overwhelming preciousness. This is how I feel right now. It's like there's no English words that can get this out. Overwhelming preciousness. Doesn't even come close to what I'm trying to say. Priceless overwhelmingly precious, the surpassing worth, the supreme advantage. See, to go through life with Christ as the passion of your life gives you a supreme advantage. No one can con you because you're all set. You've got the greatest treasure. Satan can't tempt you when knowing Christ is your greatest treasure. He'll try, but you won't. He won't win. That's why he couldn't whip Jesus. Jesus loved the Father more than anything else. The supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Now look at this. Here's the change. Progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. Perceiving and recognizing and understanding him more fully and clearly. This will destroy every bondage and addiction. Right here. Just got to push the button. Say, Jesus, you are my everything from this moment forward. Verse 10. And he amplified. Next verse. For my... There we go. See, now, this is, these first few words here just are the key. I personally have made a decision, is what he's saying here, right? God can't do this for any of us. I have determined in my own life what my purpose is going to be. Are you following this? Oftentimes, we're waiting for God but he's already done it. He's waiting for us to realize it and to take the step and do what he's called us to do. Amen. For my determined purpose, I've exercised my free will for the sake of passionately pursuing Christ. I've made this determination. I did this of my own free will, and every human being can do this that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. 
perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly, more clearly, that I may in the same way come to know the power outflowing that's constant. I remember when I was a kid, uh, my grandpa, I lived with my grandpa for a while, and there was, we lived out in western Pennsylvania, out in the country, and he would drive, we'd take this drive further out in the country, and, and he, he brought me to this hill on someone's property that had a pipe coming out of the side of hill, and this fresh spring water just flowed night and day. So people would come, we'd bring like, you know, 12 gallons of, of jugs and fill it up. The guy says, take all you want, it's just a Seemed like an endless spring. It's just over, out, outflowing, outflowing, outflowing. That's the resurrection power of Christ. It's outflowing from the throne 24-7. God's always on. He never turns himself off. He never shuts the switch off. The resurrection power of Christ is flowing continually. Come on, get your jugs and fill it up. Just fill it up. To know the power outflowing. Boy, is that the difference. Rather than going to God and asking him to do something, realize his power is outflowing right now. You just got to jump in and grab a hold of it, right? Outflowing from his resurrection, which it exerts over believers. It's in and for us who believe, another translation says. If this is not the focus and passion of your daily life, you have not started living yet. Let's just be real. If this is not the focus of, and the passion of your heart, your mind, your person, you haven't started living yet. I pray you grab a hold of this. I'm telling you, God has places for us to go and things to do, but it's got to be Jesus. Amen. We've got to be all in. We can't afford 10% of our heart somewhere else. I'm not talking about going into full-time ministry. Whatever God's call you do in whatever industry, whatever field, you're pursuing him. Amen. All that you are, all that you were designed to be, all that you could ever hope to do cannot happen, cannot unfold and properly develop if knowing Christ isn't the passion of your life. Isn't it funny how the devil has fooled, fooled us? where he's really turned Christianity into a, a powerless religion. Yes. I'm talking about a fake version of Christianity, where people come to church every Sunday, and they read their Bibles, and they do the things they're told to do, but they're not experiencing the resurrected Christ. It was never meant to be that way. This is about daily Jesus. Knowing him everywhere you go. Walking with him and hearing his voice in your life. Letting the Holy Spirit lead the way instead of the wisdom of man. 
Come on, who determines what you're passionate about? We do, right? No one else can do it for you. I mean, yes, we have gifts and talents, and we'll have natural passions toward those things, and that's from God, and that's good. But I'm talking about the chief passion, right? The chief focus of your time, energy, and resources. Look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. This is good. I'm, I'm telling you, just receive. God, it wants to open the door for you, but the key to that door is your heart. Give him your whole heart. Matthew 6, 21. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You can't go anywhere without your heart being there. The heart's the center of you, right? Where does your heart go? Whatever you've chosen to be passionate about. The message says it this way. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is is the place you will most want to be and end up being. <laughs> I like that. It's good to know how we work, right? How we operate. New Living Translation says this, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. So if, if you're not, uh, if you haven't been, um, if you haven't learned from the scriptures how you operate, you'll think it's the opposite of this. Say that, teach that. See, where your treasure is, there the desire. You'll think wherever your desires are, that's where you should go. And you'll be led by desires that aren't deep enough, that aren't from heaven. You can cultivate desires that won't help you, that people will applaud you for, that the world will cheer you on for. But the desires you want to cultivate are the desires that come from heaven's throne. And the way for the proper desires to be growing inside of you is to make Jesus the chief desire of your heart. So the desires of our heart become like coordinates on the map of our lives. And we follow them. Where are you going? Depends on what you've chosen to desire. Depends on what your passion is. So if we had a... a, a an automobile with a navigational system, and we, we punched in the coordinates for um, Little Italy and Boston. I love those cannolis. North End, yeah. Well, all we have to do is punch in those coordinates, and it's going to go there. That's what the desires of our heart are like. God knows how we are. Listen closely. You are not capable of taking care of your own heart. You are not capable of fixing your own heart. You're not capable of understanding your own heart. It's a job for Jesus. With his cape, J on his chest. We really have to realize how much we need him. It's a humbling thing to know him. You realize I can't inhale without his grace. Pride will not help you. 
it will hinder you and trip you up because we are to fully rely on him in everything we do. We're not even capable of determining a good thing to set the compass of our heart on. All we need to know is Jesus is it. That our heart was designed for him to be at the center of. This is how we're made. You wouldn't, if someone designed a, a beautiful vehicle, was it, the manufacturer, the builder, and the designer were there explaining to you know, how this thing operates, I wouldn't argue with them. I'd listen and I'd learn. God explains to you how he built you and how you operate. Don't argue with him. Just say, yes, Lord. Say yes. 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 Jesus, you're the passion of my life. I make that change today. Yes. And my future is yours. Amen. So God, if you say, move to Russia next week, I'm there. That's why Jesus said the greatest commandment in Mark chapter 12, verse 30. Do you guys know it? He said the greatest commandment is this, love the Lord your God. Actually, before that, he said, Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord. That's a biggie. That's a biggie. There's only one God. There's only one who's worthy of your heart. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind and with all of your strength. This is good. Now, you may not be capable of fixing and managing and taking care of your heart, but you are certainly capable of giving your heart to him. This is how our heart works. I love what God's doing. I just love it. Isn't this fresh? This is like, ooh, I need to, oh, I'm going to change. This is Holy Spirit time. God knows how your heart works. I'm a funny one when it comes to fixing things. You know, I didn't know any of that stuff growing up, so we got our first home in 1999, and I took my little toolkit and went after it, you know. Got my first power drill. But after a while, you start taking stuff apart. You say, oh, okay, I start seeing how that works and how this works. But, but I'm telling you, you can't fix your own heart. You can't do it. You can't fix your life. Stop trying. Let Jesus be God. Look at Psalm 37.4. This is powerful. He knows how your heart works. He built you. Delight yourself in the fancies of the day. No. Delight yourself in the Lord. And what's he going to do? Fix your heart. Amen. Yes. He'll rearrange things. Yeah. He'll adjust. He'll repair. He'll replace. He'll remove. He'll install. He'll delete. He'll update. Amen. He's the heart engineer. You've heard of software designers? He's the heart designer. Amen. 
and he will give to you, he will install in you desires from heaven. That word delight, we've talked about it before. You remember, it comes from the same root word as the word delicious. Jesus is delicious. It means take great pleasure in. Get extreme satisfaction from. That's why praising him is so important. You're making your body and your soul delight. In him. You're teaching your soul and your body where real pleasure comes from. Praise him during the week. Just get close the door, find a place where you can just, I'm a mic, come on, just jump up and down and say, Jesus, you're amazing. Just let it rip, man. Let it rip. Teach your body where real satisfaction comes from. I got to figure out a way to get this mic to stay on because I want to run right now and jump. Take great pleasure in. Extreme satisfaction is found in him. Revel in him. Luxuriate in him. I just think of luxuriate. That makes me think of the, you know, bath and body works in the spa. Luxuriate. He will refresh your body unlike any spa you could ever go to. He'll make things new in your body. Fresh skin. Jesus, fresh skin, dead cells made new. Listen, we're talking about God who made the heavens and the earth. There's no limits to what he can do. When Naaman the leper came to be healed, or when when he was healed, it says his skin was like a baby. God didn't have to do it that way. He could have just kind of made it, you know, he was a full-grown man. God wants to do more than you've imagined. Get a thrill out of the Lord. Relish, enjoy, savor, eat up Jesus. You remember this statement we made? I don't remember what series it says. We seek all of our happiness in him and expect all of our happiness from him. We seek all of our happiness in him and we expect all of our happiness from him. No one else can do it, guys. See, when your heart is set on him, your expectations will be set on him. And your heart won't get broken anymore. Because you're not expecting people to do what only God can do. Eden, can you find uh, Jen in Highway Church podcast? Go back to Jen Tringale's prophecy. You can pull up my, um, I don't know if it's in Pro Presenter or just pull up open Apple Music on there and just go into the podcast section if you know how to do that. I think we're going to listen to that. It's about 14 minutes long. Now, Philippians chapter 2, connect it with Psalm 37.4. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, connect it with Psalm 37.4. We're learning how we're made. It's the greatest joy to, to, to make Jesus the chief passion of your life. For it is God who's your mechanic. It's God who's under the hood. 
Isn't it great when you find a good mechanic you can trust? Oh, you know when they go under the hood, it's going to get fixed. And they're not going to take you for a ride. You know what I mean by that, right? Charge you more than what it's worth. For it is God who's the mechanic of your heart. He's working in you for what purpose? To will and to act according to his good purpose. Let's read that in another translation, shed some light on that. Amplified. Not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually under the hood, energizing and creating in you the power and desire, what? Both to want to, that's what it means, to will, and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. God is saying to you today, I want to give you new want-tos. Would you let me install some new want-tos in your heart? He wants your want-tos to flow from his love for you. Wow. I'll tell you, just tell you about me, because I don't want to be here on earth. I want to be in heaven. We're living a glorious life. We had an amazing day yesterday. Mariah had her wedding shower. I wanted to be a mouse in the corner, but they didn't want any guys there, so I came about 1.30 or so, and I walked into that place and felt the presence of the Lord immediately. I said, God, it's awesome what you're doing in our lives. So we're very excited for Danny and Mariah. We see Jesus moving in their lives, and it's awesome. But what I'm saying is heaven is our home. So let's talk about God giving you new want-tos. Here I am growing up, you know, and... uh, Grew up in a family that said I should be this and I should be that, but I didn't feel any of those things inside. I didn't know Jesus. We didn't read the Bible. We didn't know the Holy Spirit. And people were telling me I should take a certain course for my life, but it just didn't ring inside. And I didn't have any scriptures to back it up. And so what ended up happening, uh, I don't know if I've ever told you this before, but I'll share it anyway. So I was around 16, and I started playing in nightclubs and in, in bands when I was probably 15 or 16, and I'd be playing with guys who were twice my age, you know, and they all were, had different careers. And, and I ended up meeting someone um, who was a classical pianist, and her uh, cousin was on the board of Arista Records, which is a big record company, and he also managed legendary, very well-known Hollywood personalities, and he wanted her to come out and record in L.A. with the L.A. Symphony. And she was a friend of mine, and my friend and I, we we wrote songs together, and she said, why don't you come out to L.A. with us, and I'll connect you with so-and-so. And and I was like, yeah, let's do that. So I didn't even want to finish high school. (laughs) I was ready to go. I think I was 16 or 17 at the time. But then my buddy who was as lost as I was, started changing, who was going to go out to L.A. with me. And, and, I, and I said, what happened to you? And he said, I asked God to show me Jesus or something like that. Hey, we went to the same kind of church, and we didn't talk like that. And I was like, what? And I didn't say anything to him, but quietly inside my heart went, boom, 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 
this, you need this, you need this. I want that, I want that, I want that. So I, I would just take long walks at night. And I say, God, who are you? I want to know you. I want to know Jesus. I didn't know, I didn't know anything that I know today. And these desires that I had to go to, into the entertainment industry started to change. He started depositing new want-tos inside of me. Had he not done that, I don't think I would have made it to my 21st birthday. Do you understand the want-tos God wants to put in you are for your own good. I didn't miss out on a thing. Not a thing. He wants new want-tos inside of you that are clean from heaven, that come from the Father's heart. And boy, did he put some want-tos in me. And he led me to his son. He opened my eyes. And I didn't know what church was. I never, I don't think I'd ever heard the term pastor. And here we are in 2018, and I'm a pastor. New want-tos. New want-tos. And I started desiring things I didn't understand or was never taught about. Preaching the Bible, preaching the gospel. Laying hands on the sick? What? New want-tos. See, God's not caught up in the latest uh, fad or, or what's currently. He, he, he knows exactly what you need. And he never gets distracted. I'm going to say this scripture, and then I think we're going to let, did you find that podcast? It's her prophecy. It's only like 14 minutes. Did you find out? Yeah, it's right, above, it's right next to her, yeah, June 10th. She had a message, and then we posted her prophecy a little later. Yeah, it's on a Highway Church podcast. And I'll tell you why we're going to listen to this in a moment here. Listen to this scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 11 and 12. <laughs> If you read 2 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul talks about what he's gone through for the gospel's sake. And it's a list unlike any other I've ever read. But I look back at the challenges that we've gone through. But you know, when Jesus is the passion of your heart, you don't care. Nothing can stop you. It doesn't matter what people say about you or do to you. So in the message translation, we have uh, 2 Corinthians 6, 11, and 12 up there. And this is what this just captures what I'm trying to get get across today, I think, as close as I can get. So the Holy Spirit through Paul, he's saying, Listen, I've gone through all this for the gospel's sake. And he's saying, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open, spacious life. <laughs> Verse 12. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small. You're not small. You're not a failure. You're not an addict. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them like they are. You're living them in a small way. Why? By not giving your whole self to him. See, if you value yourself, you'll put yourself in his hands. Because he's the only one 
capable of caring for you. Open up your lives, live openly and expansively. Jesus is calling us to be all in. And boy, is it time. Um, Judah, I think we're going to stop the live feed right now. Facebook, we love you. Blessings on you. Thanks for joining us. But we're going to have a little talk. So we'll see you next time. Um, we're about to step into some wonderful things as a church. So this, we have two more Sundays here in this location. And then we move into our new location, um, which is, yeah. Eden, you want to put those pictures up? If you go to, I think, what is it? The, I forget what it's labeled. Just put one of the, the outside. So this is it. It's 160 Middleborough Avenue in East Taunton. And uh, that's the, the front door. It's a warehouse. And uh, we've got about 11,000 square foot of space. And uh, let's go to, just in order, go to the next slide. So when you walk into the warehouse, there's a very small little uh, foyer there. And that's the door where we'll all come in right there. And then on the right, there are three small rooms you could use for a number of things, nursing moms, toddlers, and so forth. But you got this hallway. Go ahead to the next slide. Hey. Hey, there's a <laughs> So there's, yeah, see, that's a, First um, attendant. <laughs> so there's the rooms there. You see the clothes in. So we're coming this way now. So keep going, keep going. Keep going. Next one. Go to the next one. There we go. Next one. <laughs> Sorry, Debbie. We just had some pictures. So this is the other end of the wall of just the, the corridor coming in. Okay. So if I was standing in front of that window looking towards us, that you'd come down into the big room. So let's go ahead to the next one. And that's all radiant floor, uh, radiant heating in the floors. So as you're walking towards the big section, on your left, you've got a little uh, closed-in. You've got three restrooms there. You have a little kitchenette with a sink and a refrigerator there. Um, on the other side of that is a, I think it's a, maybe a 50 by 20 room, a thousand that we have as well that we can use for classrooms or different things. But go ahead to the next slide. These pictures aren't the greatest. I just grabbed them with my iPhone. And down, all the way down by the, the garage door there is probably where our stage is going to be. Oh, it's clean. It's in a, excellent condition. Yeah. He's a good, good owner. Go ahead. Next, next slide. Yeah, just to give you an idea. So now to the left of that is, is more of what you see. You can't see. Keep going. Next one. Is that the last one? Is that the last one there? Okay. Anyway, so we, we don't have pictures of the whole thing, but just a little idea. But we've got lots of space. Uh, could easily probably fit. 400, 500 people in there if we needed to. Um, why am I sharing this all with you? Um, when Jen Trengale was here, uh, and she's actually going to come back in October. I'm excited about that. Um, and her new book just came out. Calling. Calling is the name, not called. Calling. Uh, I just got my copy. But um, she, she spoke a word that was for us prophetically. And... Uh, you know what, let's listen to that word right now, Eden. Can you make sure there's audio coming out of that laptop? Very timely, very timely. Yeah. That's Holy Spirit right there. 
Now, can you put the map up there of southeastern Mass? It should be a map in one of those. Okay, there we are, guys. So here we are. We've given our whole selves to Christ. And we're living in one of the most densely populated areas in America. There are lots of people in a very small space. And we started, basically we just put a, our logo in the kind of the general area that we are right now. And I, I'm not at liberty to say we have some more good news. And as soon as I can tell you, I will. But we may be acquiring a second property within the next 12 months. Um, so we came here that we believe we're doing what the Lord's called us to do. But one thing that he continues to show me is how many people there are to reach here. When you give yourself to Jesus, you become selfless. You start actually living for him. And you want all that you have to be used for his glory. The time's come. So here we are, and I don't know how this is going to work, but October 14th will be our first Sunday in this warehouse. And then within the next maybe six months or so, six to 12 months, we may acquire a second location. So I'm seeking the Lord about how this work. Do we keep both locations? And I don't know yet, but I, I, as I'm seeing this, I'm thinking we're going to end up with multiple locations. Um, there are many churches doing it, obviously, around the country. One church that uh, down in Alabama, the Church of the Highlands, has 19 campuses. Yeah, about 60-some thousand people, I think. And 19 different campuses. I think they've even gone over the state line. But here's, here's what I want to call you to. Um, we're not married to a method, to a way of doing something. We're married to Christ, to a principle. So principles are unchanging, methods are not. So sometimes it takes the church a long, 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 long time to realize that because they've been using an organ and singing their hymns from 1870 for 100 years and you bring an electric guitar in there and they're mad. I just happen to play electric guitar, so too bad. And I'm going to keep on playing too. I'm going to turn it up. But, uh, <laughs> but the reason I'm saying that is we have something called the Internet. And uh, Carrie Newoff, who does a podcast out of Canada, a leadership podcast for churches and businesses, and I forget who the guest was on it, but Jennifer shared it with me. And one of the things they began to exhort a long time ago, but is for churches to begin to think of themselves as online, as an online church with a physical presence, a physical location. And so uh, one of the things, there's life, you guys are familiar with the YouVersion Bible app? Oh, yeah. That's from Life, was it LifeChurch.tv? LifeChurch.tv. But they're based in Nashville, but they have church online all over the world. So I want to, I believe the Lord is, and we're going to lead, but, but sh wanting to capitalize on the internet for his glory. So I, I want to start developing what we have online. Right now we just have a landing page, a WordPress landing page with, you know, our social media buttons on there and podcasts and a give online link, that's it. So we want to get a new website up uh, before we move in October 14th. But I also, again, want to, uh, really make it like an online place where people can come and have church. 
um, we've had just with our live stream, you know, we've had sometimes thousands of viewers watching our live stream, sometimes hundreds. And Facebook will change their their back end stuff, I don't, algorithms or logarithms. I don't know what they are, but because uh, it's all free, so that sometimes they'll change their algorithms. Before they changed their algorithms, most recently, our last Sunday service was like 14,000 views. And then they changed their algorithms and it dropped down to like a couple hundred or something like that, which is still good. But anyway, because um, they want you to pay for boosting posts and so forth. And that's what social media uh, is probably one of the most uh, beneficial avenues to communicate that we currently have because you can go around the world instantly. Now, the, the church's usual reaction to new technology is, stay away, right? They hold up their garlic and their cross, and they don't want to do it. We're not like that. We grab a hold of it. If it's something to be used for the glory of God, we're going to own it. We're going to use it for his glory. Um, so thank God I have children who can teach me how to yes, yes. use social media. <laughs> it is. It is. It's a, it's a way of getting the gospel around that's never been possible. So I don't know how this next year is going to go, but it's going to be fun. I'm inviting you to just jump in. But in your daily life, you've got to be giving your whole self to him. Because I can promise you this, you're going to be asked to do some things that you may not want to do. Because listen, we're reaching... I want to reach Boston. I want to reach Providence. I want to reach the Cape. I want to get Nantucket. I mean, we got to, I don't know how many people, this is just a little picture. I was like, how much can I fit on the screen, you know? But I don't know how much of this region the Lord is going to uh, equip us for in terms of physical locations, but certainly through the internet. But I would love to have a church in Boston. I'd love to have one on the Cape. I'd love to have one in Nantucket. I'd love to have one in Providence. I don't know, but I'm certainly not going to limit him. So I shared with you last week, you know, I was praying about this. I shared with you the owner of the warehouse and the favor that we have with him. And uh, he said something to me. I, didn't, I, don't, I don't know if I gave you all the details, but he said something to me. As he said, I really, I really feel I need to help you guys. And he said, I, and he shared with me prior to that some of the stuff he went through. And this guy's been through a lot. He's, he's uh, 73 years old. He's, he's done well in business. And he said, I've, I've learned this over the years. I'm a businessman, he said, but I do have a heart. And he said, I've learned that if I do good things to people, good things happen to me. I said, hey, that's a good thing. That's a good rule to live by. Sowing and reaping. And as I'm praying about doing this, this other opportunity comes up. And I thought, well, it's one or the other. And I really felt the Lord said, why are you just going to do one or the other? Why don't you do both? I don't know how to do both. That's all right. He does. Right? Yeah. So we're just going to say yes, Lord, and we're going to go along for the ride and uh, watch what he does. Let me see if I'm skipping anything. This is, I knew the Lord was just going to bring this out one way or another. Put the vision up, the purpose, the purpose slide, to lead people into relationship with Jesus. Is that in that same highway church vision there? Yeah. This is our purpose. Boy, it's simple. To lead people into relationship with Jesus Christ. It is simple. But boy, has the enemy complicated it through religion and tradition. So what we're endeavoring to do is very simple. But I'm telling you, I see far too few churches doing it. 
We're not here to promote a, a, a tradition or a system. We're here to bring people into an encounter that lasts the rest of their life with Jesus Christ. And that's why Sunday mornings, I know may be very different for some of you. I don't know what you're experiencing, but I, I really believe this is a time to experience Christ together. Um, I have no desire to go to church because we are the church. And when we gather, supernatural things happen. Okay, I didn't think I was going to say this, but let me say this to you. Do you know the, the Bible that we have, and thank God for it, it's a word of God. But this actual physical Bible, with all of this collection of letters and books, didn't come into existence until about the 4th century, somewhere around 350-400 A.D. That's a long time after Jesus. The church was very powerful when it wasn't locked into tradition and systems. What ended up happening... And thank God, I, I wouldn't want to live without this. The scriptures came out, but man grabbed a hold of it and started creating boxes and, and stained glass windows and rituals and traditions that stopped the Spirit of God from moving in people's lives. I'm done with that. I went through that as a kid. I want fresh Jesus. I'm not kidding. So take your goggles off, take your earbuds out, and let's go. Let's do this thing. Jennifer, you want to come up here? So that's our simple purpose. Now, if we can just, just, just get all the clutter out of people's thinking and bring them back to this simple faith in Christ, God will do the rest. See? And this was Paul's heart. Is he, he talked to them in, in 2 Corinthians 11 about the simplicity that is in Christ. And he said, I fear, in verse 3, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. That is my heart, the simplicity that is in Christ. So you're going to have to shed some things because we're, 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 we're getting loose. <laughs> and when, when, when the Lord, when we started this... It, I, he, I felt he was a stay flexible, stay ready, don't get tied down to one, one way of doing things, and just follow me. And that's what we're doing. So if we do this, I believe that our vision will come to pass. What's the vision? Go to that statement. That's our purpose statement. That as a result of people being brought back to the simplicity of faith in Christ, we see a vibrant, growing church where people are experiencing God and moving forward, not static, moving forward, moving forward in his destiny for their lives. That's the vision. A vibrant, growing church where people are experiencing God and moving forward in his destiny for their lives. So I'm inviting you again. I don't know the details of the days coming up, but I know they're going to be exciting. And I'm asking you just to jump in the river. Don't worry about getting your hair wet. Just jump in. And let's let the Holy Spirit take us higher, deeper, and wider. How are you doing, Jennifer? At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. 
If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.